This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. recently discovered the podcast you're tuning in for the very first time glad to have you on today we are going to continue the series that we started last week where we started talking about the topic of demystifying the world of ux mentoring mentoring is extremely popular today it's really 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 hot out there a lot of people everywhere are talking about getting mentors or talking about the importance of having a mentor. They're clamoring to do everything they can to get a mentor. But folks, this does not come without risk. And so one of the things that we're trying to do is provide some insights with regard to mentoring. And we spent all of last week's episode really talking about the definition of mentoring, talking about what mentoring is, and then talking about some of the benefits. And I'll list the benefits off again real quick before we move forward again today by way of recap. Number one, to get advice. You need to get advice if you want to progress and get somewhere with regard to mentoring and have that mentoring impact you. Getting knowledge. When you connect with a mentor, the goal is to build the knowledge that you have so you can become more well-rounded, more aware of what's going on in UX and so you get a greater understanding of the discipline and how to proceed in your career. Next, we talk about building valuable perspectives. By talking with a mentor, the mentee is supposed to gain the benefit of gaining a greater understanding of what it is to operate in UX, to have a position, to grow in the field, to understand what you need to know in order to get better. There's just a whole wealth of information, uh, a whole wealth of different types of of mindsets and thoughts and, and just understanding the strategy of navigating your career. Just so much going on there. All of those perspectives come into play when you connect with a mentor. You're supposed to develop a filter when you get a mentor. You're supposed to learn what's right and what's not, what's trustworthy, what's not, what's reliable, what's not. When you come into contact with so many different resources, books, videos, conferences, you name it, we have to have a filter because just because somebody is talking about UX doesn't mean that they're accurate. And I've said this before and have been saying it a whole lot lately that misinformation was not pretty much non-existent in UX prior to 2011. So now it's much different. Uh, back in the day when I was coming up in UX, you could pretty much pick up any book and it would vault you forward. Today, that's not so much the case. Today, you can pick up a book and it can set you back. You can pick up a book or listen to a talk or connect with somebody who claims to be a mentor and you can be really stunted in your growth and really be put into a risky position because of what they're feeding you with and your willingness to accept it without applying critical thinking. We should never receive anything from anyone at any time 
without applying critical thinking to what we're hearing so we can digest things properly, knowing what to accept and knowing how to apply it and go forward. But at any rate, so I don't go on any tangents with this today. Again, this is a recap. We need to gain knowledge of the UX landscape. Having a mentor should help a person understand what's going on in UX and how to navigate the things that are going on because that's critical to moving forward. You should become pitfall proof when you have a mentor. It's something that should help you. There's a lot of pitfalls out here and having a mentor should help to guide someone so that they can, again, navigate, I'm using that word again, navigate around these things. If somebody has a mentor and they don't know what the pitfalls are and they don't know how to navigate around the pitfalls, folks, you had someone, and this happens a lot, anybody can have a title on their business card, so to speak. Anybody can put a title on their LinkedIn profile. Anybody can say that they are something, but that doesn't mean that they are what they claim to be or what their title says they are. That is part of being a mentor. Mentors need to be qualified. I'm going to get ahead of myself, so I'll stop there. Uh, But again, you should become pitfall proof. When you have a mentor, it will help you to mature when it comes to career strategy. Uh, You should be able to gain insights to help you to understand which direction you need to go, how you need to get there, things you need to do, what you shouldn't do. Maturation of career strategy should come out of mentoring. How to be or become job ready is key. A lot of people are applying for jobs. A lot of people are complaining because they're not getting jobs. But a, a lot of people who are applying for jobs are not job ready. People who are complaining about the jobs they don't get are not really job ready. And so that really changes things a bit. If if I can go to the local hospital and apply for a job as a doctor and I don't get an interview, I can apply for 20 doctor's jobs and I'm being really facetious here and I'm hyperbolizing to make a, to make a point, I will never get a call for any interview for a medical doctor position because I simply don't meet the requirements. People apply for jobs with no examination of whether or not they are qualified. I I can't complain if I don't get an interview for a medical doctor's job because I don't really meet the requirements that they've posted on, on the, the information they shared in that job posting on the career site. And so I see it all the time. I have been seeing it for years. People will apply for a job knowing that they don't qualify and then turn around and complain. And so you, you get these mentors. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and talk about this now for a moment. You get these people claiming to be mentors that are so committed to making people feel good that they don't tell people what they need to hear. They pretty much tell people what they want to hear. If you're not qualified, you're not going to get the role. And then it's not an issue of being qualified sometimes. Sometimes it's just that someone else is more qualified than you. And so if somebody else who's already in the the funnel, the hiring funnel, is more qualified than you, and the hiring manager knows that or the recruiter knows that, then why would they waste your time? A lot of times when people reject you, they're actually respecting you instead of wasting your time. They could waste your time and call you in to do some interviews knowing you're not going to get the job. Would you rather do that or would you rather them just say, ah, we're going to move on? So we need to, folks need to settle down with regard to that. And then the last thing that I listed as a benefit is that it should result in independence. When you are mentored, people should be teaching you how to fish and not providing you with fish. 
Folks should be teaching you. You should become more and more capable of standing on your own instead of always running back to that same individual to get another quote unquote fix, if you will. Some of these people literally operate like drug dealers. They're just they're just providing information. They're not providing drugs. They're providing information. They're providing cognitive drugs, if you will. And and so if you don't have the critical thinking to consider all of these benefits and you're just looking for somebody to fill a position of a mentor without understanding what the benefits are and how the operation should be run, you're just going to become a victim. I don't want you to become a victim today. Hence, we're doing this this episode, this little series. And so we want people to be stronger. We want people to be better. We want you to be successful. So we're going to give you what you need. And we're going to tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. If you want to hear things, you can go ahead and turn this podcast off now because that's not the arena that I operate in. So, But let's move forward from there. That's just a little recap with regard to benefits. And we'll talk about the definition again during the recap, but let's move forward in the interest of time. Let's move forward today and talk about a few more things with regard to mentoring. Now, I sort of hinted at this a moment, so let's talk for a few minutes about good mentoring. What does it actually consist of? I just talked to you about what some of the benefits are of mentoring, why it is that somebody would want to engage in a mentor-mentee relationship. Well, good mentoring, there's a few things that, that good mentoring is marked by. Number one, it begins with a person who has a reasonable amount of experience, not just somebody who has more experience than you. Uh, somebody may be in UX for two or three years and they say they want to be a mentor. You're still in the, in, in the discovery phase, too much of a discovery phase. And when you're in too much of a discovery phase, the only thing, I mean, you could talk about a few things, but really the thing that's of greatest value when a person is lower on the experience totem pole, if you will, has to do with their story. People can all, everybody can share a story. Everybody can talk about what they've seen, what they've done. And those stories are always great to hear. But if you have only been doing UX for two or three years, and I offer no apologies, folks, this is just true. If you've only been doing UX for two or three years, what you know about the discipline is extremely narrow. I mean, compare a person who's been doing UX for two years, especially if they've never done anything on an enterprise level, compare that person to the person who's been doing UX for eight years, and there's a huge difference between those two individuals. And the person who has been doing UX for eight years, on average, should be, that person should be able to offer a lot of information, share a lot of perspectives, and be able to expose somebody to the benefits that we just listed out. The person who's only been doing UX for two years cannot. Asterisk to the prior statement. I have seen and met people who have been doing UX for six and seven years, and they have really, when, when I talk to them, and when I learn about their backgrounds, and I learn about their, their history in UX, some of those people, when you really look closely, they really hadn't been doing UX for eight years. Some of them have been doing other things, and they sort of manufactured or falsified 
their their experience. So they really didn't. And, and so we're going to just mention that and then let's put them aside. Even people who di- really did the work for six, seven, eight years, I have seen and met people who have been in UX and, and truly working in a UX role for that period of time. But they were so, how can I say, they were more of a dweller. They were more of a person who occupied space. They were a person who a lot of people actually sort of digress for a moment. UX, you cannot be an order taker and succeed in UX. You cannot represent the discipline properly and you can't do the work properly because if you're just taking orders, then you're not going to uncover what needs to be uncovered to drive the value and achieve the things that that the company, that the users, that the stakeholders need need us to achieve. And so I've seen people, again, with that level of experience, and they really couldn't mentor anybody because they couldn't, they couldn't really talk about the landscape. They couldn't really help anybody to avoid the pitfalls, couldn't even identify the pitfalls. I, I talked to somebody once and talked to them about the challenges in UX and how volatile of a world UX can be. And the person responded, really? Volatile how? This person could not, they had no idea. The things I talk about on this podcast, everything I talk about on this podcast pretty much was news to them. They had never heard it before. And I've come across people who will basically swear up and down that these are non-issues. And these are things that, that, that we face on a regular basis. I talked to a person who's considered to be a leader in the world of UX once, talked about the difficulties that many seniors have getting jobs in UX and, and, and how a lot of the hiring practices are dysfunctional. And the person said, ah, I, I talked to companies all over the world and I've never seen that before. This is a person that's been doing UX for 20 years. So a lot of times we get caught up in the numbers associated with someone's experience. Folks, it, it, it's a number. Uh, if you have two, you're never going to be the person who you take you at two years and me at my eight. Uh, and you don't you don't match <laughs> the, that. So let, let's look at it from that perspective. But the numbers are we use the numbers to gauge how long have we dwelled in this space. And if you've dwelled in this space for X amount of time, there are certain things you should know. Now, you may not know them and maybe you needed a mentor at that time. And we got some really interesting things to, sh- to really share with you at that point. But when you've been at UX for a certain amount of time and you find out that you don't know what you should know, just double back and start to fill those gaps. Uh, By no means. We never demonize anybody for what they haven't done or what they don't know. Everybody has a right to pivot and everybody has a right to double back and make up for quote unquote lost time. If if you're one of those people, you might need a mentor. If you, you could have been in UX for nine and 10 years, think that you've achieved X number of things and really have not. And if that's the case, that's okay. Be thankful that you're hearing this today. And if you're understanding and you're embracing what I'm saying, I'm happy for you because I come across a lot of people that hear this and all they know to do when they hear things like this is kick and scream and and protest. And, and if you do that, that's an EQ red flag tapping into that series a little bit, but it just won't help. So, so remember, mentoring begins with a person who has a reasonable amount of experience. 
when you're looking for mentors, you want to talk to somebody at least five years. They have something to share. They still don't have a lot at five years, truth be told. But if you really want, if you really want to be mentored the right way, find somebody eight years, 10 years, 12 years, that type of thing. You can get a little bit from somebody at the five-year level, but please know that you are going to be limited. There's only so much that, that can be done. And, and if you want to excel, I'm sure if, if you have the choice, I mean, think about other disciplines. If you wanted to grow as a medical doctor, whose feet would you sit at? If you wanted to grow as a, a person who was growing in the world of architecture, whose feet would you want to sit at? so to speak, who would you want to to be joined at the hip with in order to grow by leaps and bounds? Uh, a lot of people today are desperate to find mentors and they are reflecting that desperation by taking anybody that comes along. And folks, would you want the Yugo? Anybody remember the Yugo vehicle out there? Think of it, we use car metaphors. If you had to choose a metaphor, would you want a Yugo? And think about the background of the company as well. Would you want a Yugo? Would you want a person who's the equivalent of a of a uh, some kind of a, a smart car? Remember, the, you know those little smart cars. Would you want that? Would you want somebody who's the equivalent of a BMW, where, who's who has the longevity as well as the engineering backing them? I mean, think about it from that perspective. Don't just connect yourself with anybody, and don't be desperate. Uh, and I've got some things to share with you on that line that are, you may find shocking as well. But at any rate, number two. Good mentoring consists of, and we're talking about the mentor right now, the mentor that's sharing information with someone who has less knowledge and skill, the mentee. So that's the basic dynamic. The person who's the mentor has achieved X number of things, not just in a job, but they've achieved X number of things. They have a broader base of knowledge that not only is greater than the person that they're providing the mentoring to, but they also have a scope that that can project to where the mentee would like to ascend to. People don't think about that. They don't think about that. I, I, not, that's why you can't just bring bring somebody in or connect with somebody who knows more than you. But do they know enough to take you where you want to go? So if not, that's going to be a really short lived connection. And and I wouldn't even call that a mentor mentee relationship because you're not going to be connected for very long. A, a, a mentor mentee relationship is something that is pretty continuous. It's not something where you tap in once and then you detach and off you go. That's that's not what that is. That was an encounter. That was that's not a mentor mentee. That's you. You brushed up against somebody next. And this sort of taps into that a bit. Mentors serve as advisors and role models. And again, akin to the last point that I was just making, it's not just this encounter. You don't just come in contact with this person, have a discussion, and off you go. That's not that's not what men, mentoring is. That's not this one-off relationship. In order to be an advisor, you need to be a constant. You need to be a staple. If you're going to be a role model, you need to be somebody that someone can observe. So this is what it really means to be a mentor. When you're a mentee, you're going to be around. You're going to absorb what it is that you're able to observe, whatever it is that you're able to listen to. You don't just brush by. That's not it. Or do a flyby, if you will. That, that's, that's not what mentoring is. Next point, 
Mentors help mentees advance their knowledge, skill, and more. Now, we sort of talked about some of these things when we talked about the benefits, but when you have a mentor, they should be providing you with knowledge, knowledge on how to grow. They should be providing you with knowledge with regard to what it is you need to learn. They should be providing you with knowledge that helps you if you are a mentee. They should be providing you with knowledge that helps you to understand these little micro experiences that you're having in your career. It could be related to finding a job. It could be related to how to manage up. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Uh, Even if you're not a manager, you have to, in some cases, you have to manage your manager. You have to manage the relationship, the dynamic between the two of you. And that doesn't mean that anybody's lost any power. It's just something that in order to operate at an efficient and optimal level, you need to be able to manage up. So, You need to understand how that manager operates. You need to understand the needs that that manager has because truth be told, that manager is your user. And so you need to learn how to function, how to supplement one another because if you report to somebody, understanding the dynamics of how your relationship works with that manager, that person you're reporting to is something you're gonna need to know in order to excel. They are your user. Give them a good user experience, give them a good customer experience. And somebody might think that that sounds corny, but you go back and take a close look at what's going on in your work environment and you'll see exactly that. So mentors provide mentees with so many different types of of information that helps folks to thrive and provides a realistic sense of what is and is not happening in someone's role as a user experience professional in someone's career and and a lot of mentors they're just like occupying space frankly but but uh, we won't get into that we'll stop with that <laughs> now the last point and, and you know what this i gotta say this now i was gonna try to get this done in two weeks this is not gonna get done in two weeks so we are gonna take our sweet time and touch on these i'm gonna talk about this and i'm talking about one more aspect of mentoring today and we'll call it a day. So the last point with regard to good mentoring that I wanted to share is that the best mentoring is actually done by people who don't have a need to do it. In other words, the best mentoring is done by somebody with like when you, when they provide mentor services to you, mentoring benefits, facilitate mentor benefits in the life of a mentee, they don't check a notch in their belt. There, There are a lot of people today who are out here saying that they're mentors and, oh, I've helped 200,000 people, stuff like that. Don't be a notch in somebody's belt, folks. It The best mentoring just happens organically. It's done organically and the best mentors are found organically, not through some mentoring service. There's one or two good mentoring services out there. The one that I do endorse and I love is User Wizard and they're run out of Europe. They do a fantastic job and they do things the right way. They take their time and they execute the right way. They give people a sense of realism. They don't put unrealistic and unqualified folks out there as mentors, just muddying the waters of UX even further. Uh, they don't come across somebody that's qualified and then and then tell them to get lost, which is what some mentoring services do. Folks, that that's whatever I said this before, I say it again. 
If you are a user experience professional, any and everything that you do either vaults the discipline forward or it sets the discipline back. And if you think about your deeds, what did I do today? What did I do today for the discipline? Did I impact the discipline the way that it should be impacted? And when you think about it like that, and then look at the things that you've done and be honest with yourself, have you really helped the discipline? Make sure that you look at things through that lens and then govern yourselves accordingly. So again, the best mentoring is done by people without a need to do it. People say, I just really want to be a mentor. I got to get out there. And I've heard people say that. I've seen people do it. And over 90 to 95% of the people that I've seen that just have this dying need to mentor somebody are all unqualified. They have very little experience. They don't understand any of the things that will facilitate the benefits of mentoring that I mentioned in the recap. And, And so what are they really doing? You're a notch in their belt, folks. You're another tick. Hey, I helped five people today. I helped 10 people today. And, you know, and they're doing this kind of thing. But, you know, did they really help you? Or did they did they basically just fill you up with the, the Pollyanna mindset? Did they just blow some helium into your head and then move along? Or did they tell you what you needed to grow? And are they really ready to give you something to help you uh, uh, ad hoc or in the moment, are, are they really capable of doing that? Because a lot of professing mentors can't. And so you have all of these faux mentors running around and you got people who misunderstand UX. And, and, and I'll, I'll wrap up this particular part just by telling a, a little story about a person I knew who was dying to be a mentor. And I would sit and listen to this person talk and the person would regularly share misinformation. It just... It came out of the person's mouth like water running out of a faucet. The person would regularly say something that they should have known was dangerous, inaccurate, untrustworthy, easily disproven. But they would just regularly share these things. You would hear uh, people say things about gatekeepers. You would hear people say things about counting clicks. You would hear people saying things about faking it till you make it. If, if When a person is sharing misinformation, that person is not a good mentor. They have a position of a mentor, but they're not fulfilling the role of a mentor. And whether you like it or not, or whether you know it or not, if you are the beneficiary, if you are the mentee, you have to develop a filter fast because if you're too eager, you're going to run into the wrong people, then you're going to get the wrong information, and you're going to be in need of a cognitive enema. So let's be careful. We don't want you to do that, so we're trying to give you sound information. We're trying to call you out and 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 hold you to accountability if you're headed that direction so, so we can stop you before you get into those situations because once you get there, Folks, it can be hard to get out. So that's what good mentoring looks like. What are mentoring pitfalls? We've already talked about some of them. Lots of folks who claim to be mentors, folks, they're anything but. And if you can't spot them, you're going to become a victim and a notch in their belt. So let's not go that route. If someone is building dependence, we also talked about this today, you're not being mentored, you're being merchandised. You're being manipulated. You are being victimized folks so so if you're dependent on that mentor instead of learning how to go and get the information yourself learning how to grow yourself 
uh, then that that's not a good position. You have no power in that situation. So you're not being empowered. You're, you're being strung along and you don't want to do that. Mentioned this already today too. There's lots of faux mentors who have little to no experience. They only provide fluff to their mentees. In other words, they feed them with toxic positivity. They feed them with empty hope. And they feed people with a Pollyanna attitude. And for those of you who don't know what that means, a Pollyanna attitude is when a person sees the good in everybody and everything. Everything is not, just simply isn't cut like that, folks. See things for what they are. Don't be a Pollyanna, but don't be cynical either. Don't think that there's always something wrong, but don't think that there's always something right. Look at what the situation is. I, I wrote a blog piece on the UX Uncensored blog called There's a Nail in Your Tire. And it basically is talking about dealing with the reality that you're faced with. It's not pleasant. It's not pretty. It's not comfortable necessarily, but it is true. And if you're going to have, if you're going to experience victory, if you're going to experience success, you're going to need to face the truth of the situation, face the reality of the situation that you're in and navigate it. It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. So we want to make sure we do that today. Last two for today. When someone is out seeking mentoring, there is a problem of arrogance that's out here. Arrogance as well as uh, uh, the whole Dunning-Kruger mindset. There are people who have more confidence in themselves than they ought. There's no justification for it whatsoever. And that's basically what, what arrogance is. I love how Debbie Levitt, uh, it turned out, we, we've been using the same definition since well before we met one another. We define arrogance the same way. It's basically unjustifiable confidence. There are people, I actually had an interaction with somebody recently, and, and this is one of those things where people think that they are, they want to be mentored, they say they want to be mentored, and folks, frankly, some people aren't even ready to be mentored. A person was talking about, well, you know, I'm glad what you about what you told me, Darren, uh, and, and, and but you know, the way that I learn, I need to be able to do this and this and this and this and this, and I'm going, okay, that's the way you say you learn, but the truth is the dynamics of learning and the science of learning is really no different from person to person. Whether you are a visual learner or all those other different types of learners, all that stuff, I don't even, I don't even bother even remembering that stuff because, and I've heard, I hear people talk about it, but that's a person who's well studied when it comes to education. No matter how you learn, you still have to get presentation, that means you have to be exposed to the information that you're supposed to be learning. You have to have application. Yeah, that means you have to have an opportunity to practice what you've been presented with. And then you have feedback, presentation, application, and feedback. And the feedback is when someone lets you know how well you did in your application, and then you repeat the process. So how you learn doesn't matter. But what I found is that when people tell you, basically, this is how I learn, they're basically telling you what they are and aren't going to do. And they don't realize that they're operating from a perspective of bias, which is very akin to, in this particular bias, it's akin to being arrogant. Because now you refuse to allow anybody to instruct you. I got news for you folks. When you refuse to allow people to instruct you, that is a type of arrogance. And you are incapable those kinds of people are incapable of being mentors, which is another sort of caveat here. You got people who say they want mentors and they're not mentor worthy. 
Just because you want a mentor doesn't mean you know how to take it. You even have people who say they want mentors, and, and, and then you have this scenario that they get into, which is presenting the person with an opportunity for organic mentoring. An organic mentoring relationship is, is, is about to be born, and then the person's arrogance shuts the whole thing down because they refuse to hear. I mean, if you're in a situation and you need to learn something and somebody offers you exactly what you need to hear, unbeknownst to you, how you react to that really says whether or not you're ready for mentoring. So just because somebody says they want a mentor doesn't mean they can, which which is one of the things that, that even makes the good mentoring services a questionable proposition because if a person comes to you and says that they need help, it's like somebody is sick that goes to a doctor and won't listen. The person, that person will not get any help. They won't get any care and they're going to be left to themselves and they end up empty handed. And the same thing, there's a lot of folks in UX today who walk away from a mentor mentee dynamic empty handed, not because the person wasn't capable of giving them what they needed to know, but because they did, they weren't in a position to receive what the mentor had to offer, whether the person was an official mentor or serving as their mentor or not. So folks need to understand that dynamic today. So when there is unjustifiable confidence, when there is arrogance, which is rampant in UX, you simply can't be mentored. So please bring humility to the table. Check your arrogance at the door. Matter of fact, drop it in the trash can. Learn how to identify arrogance on your behalf when you're being arrogant. When is your confidence unjustifiable? When are you establishing the these ultimatums like that person did that was talking to me about how they learn? When you establish a learning ultimatum, you're now dictating the flow. And if you're the mentee, uh, you're, it's funny. Again, we're not order takers. And then people try to engage in a mentor-mentee relationship where the mentee is giving the orders. Now, this is no longer a mentor-mentee relationship. It's a dictatorship. It, somebody's talking to you as if as if they're the rich person and you're the butler or the maid. So it's not, that, that dynamic simply does not work, folks. And last point for today, we'll wrap up here in talking about the mentoring pitfalls. Most formal UX mentoring resources, sort of hit on this already today, but most formal UX mentoring resources are hit and miss. There are even the most popular ones. They sign people up for mentoring to be mentors. They approve of people they should have rejected. They reject people they should have accepted. Uh, we hear stories all the time. I won't bother mentioning the name of, of the one of the most popular ones out there, but we hear the, hear the stories all the time where, you know, I, I met with a mentor, but the person really didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what they were talking about. Oh, but they wanted to be a mentor though. So my question is this, how in the world did that person become a mentor? Why did no one see that that person wasn't capable of being a mentor? On one hand, I wasn't there. These are just the questions that need to be presented. These are the questions that need to be asked. How did that person become a mentor? And, and in some cases, the person who was the mentor may very well be qualified, but maybe they were in a dynamic with a person that wasn't really qualified to be a mentee. 
You have to qualify the mentors and you have to qualify the mentees. But I know for a fact in that particular dynamic, in that particular organization, that there are people who are well qualified to be mentors and they are rejected for, for no reason, seemingly. But I know I know the people to be skilled. I know them to have 8, 10, 12 years of experience and then they get rejected. And then somebody else who has two I've seen people with as little as two years of experience get accepted as mentors, two or three. They're not, they're not mentor material. I've seen people thrust themselves into a mentor role, not with one of these organizations, but just in a general scenario, like at work or something like that. And the person just wanted to have quote unquote disciples, if you will. They just wanted to be someone that the other people, the more junior people looked up to. And so, but that person wasn't capable of being a mentor. They didn't have the experience. They didn't have the skill. They didn't have the knowledge. They didn't have the acumen. And the junior person who accepted them had all the wrong attitudes, <laughs> did not like to uh, for anybody to to give them any constructive criticism, didn't like to acknowledge anyone who had more experience than them, uh, but they got this dynamic going, but the truth is the common denominator between the two individuals was that they both hated seniors. So what they built was actually a kind of a mutual admiration society between the two of them, <laughs> if you will, and it was actually comical to see something like that happening. They didn't benefit one another, the person who was the mentor wasn't really providing any benefit to the mentee. Um, the mentee was helping to to blossom the ego of the mentor, but they really didn't help each other professionally. They didn't help each other when their work was being done and being presented to to stakeholders. They weren't helping to build relationships with clients and stakeholders between them and the UX team. They weren't doing anything to, to grow the, the practice at that particular organization. And, and they were hurting the discipline at large. Folks, this mentor-mentee thing, as we begin to wrap up here, and then we'll pick up next week, th this, this dynamic, is mentoring viable? Is it a viable entity? Yes, it is. But please know and understand that there are certain dynamics that have to be in place so we're taking this time to demystify it and to put all the pieces where they belong so that we can understand what is going on and what it should be like so that we can get the most out of mentoring and allow it and everything else for that matter to function as it ought. Only then do we flourish, only then do we benefit, and only then do we vault UX forward as a whole. Folks, but that's all the time we have for today. This has officially become probably a three or four week thing, probably four weeks. <laughs> but uh, we're just we want to take our time and get the information out there. I don't want to rush through this, but we do indeed hope this is benefiting you. And those of you out there that are seeking a mentor, we encourage you. Take your time. Take your time. Yes, it actually is possible to get through this thing without a mentor. It actually is. But we'll talk about that from a few different angles, too, before this little series is done. So that's it. Until next week, it is time to sign off today. This is your host, Darren Hood of the World of UX, signing off. Until next time, happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org 
for more resources.